everybody, it's your old friend John DeLuna with another uh, fine episode of the RFC Minicast, your snack, snack size Transformers podcast. With me this week, once again, uh, XV, uh, one of our stellar members on the uh, RFC staff. XV, how Hello. are you doing? I'm good. How about you? I'm doing good. This uh, this episode we're going to talk about at at XV's request, uh, primarily Combiner Wars Megatron, which uh, I have and you have, mm-hmm. correct? I would hope so. I um, do. So that's going to help the conversation roll. I would feel now that we both have the toys. But before we get into Megatron, I actually have a random question for you, also related to a Combiner Wars toy. Okay. Uh, and this has bugged me, and I haven't seen a lot of conversation on it, although I'm sure it's out there. But I want to ask if you have any conspiracy theories on it. Why in the world is Blackjack's axe not the handle for Minasaur's sword? Do you have any know. theory on that? It is the weirdest thing. Like, there's so much that that could be doing that it's not. Like, you know... The the main thing it's doing in vehicle mode is it's kind of a spoiler and cannon thing all in one, and that makes me think a little bit that you know it's gonna be that's gonna get a new head and be redecorated with Rodimus later this year, and so I'm thinking you know the spoiler aspect of that is probably primarily for that, but at the same time there's no way to like hook that up on the robot mode's back so it has the shoulder wings, um, you know it's not very good as an axe because it like limits the range of motion on the arm a lot. It'd be better. Like, I'm looking for, like, you know, a place to clip it on the forearm to act like a gun and, you know, a weird shield or something. So, like, you know, it, all it can really do is sit there as a fixed cannon or a really useless axe. And it seems like it could be doing so much more stuff with, you know, to make it on the forearm, you just need, like, notches in the doors. You don't even need to add anything to it. You just need to, like, take a little bit away from the forearms mm-hmm. in a way that's not even going to make it look bad. And, you know, same for the back, you know, have another slot in there that you can uh, slide it into and just sit on the back and be the shoulder wings. I don't really get And Yeah, it's so much the hilt of Menasaur's sword, but there's no way to connect the two together. And it's like, I wonder if it's not like the byproduct or like a, a holdover from an earlier design phase. And one toy got updated and the other one didn't. And it's just kind of like... Well, hey, we should probably talk a little bit more. Uh, yeah, I guess that's the only thing I can think of is that because it's so clearly meant to be that, like yeah. so obviously. But at the same time, like all this art, official art also has it like clearly like tacked on to Minasaur's chest with no, mm-hmm. no even like there's not even any kind of like uh, proto art or incredibly early art where he's using it like as part of his sword. Like it seems like yeah. at least when they got to the art phase, like this was this is it. Like, this is the thing. This is what it does. As weird as it looks in like art and in toy form and basically everywhere when it's just kind of like sitting on his chest. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I mean, I think it had to have been something that was, it was very clearly intended in in one mold or one idea. One part of that sword didn't get updated before the other one uh, basically got cemented. Um, Mm -hmm. It's just so weird when you look at it. I don't get the, um, I don't get the solution of putting it stacking just one more thing on Minasaur's chest. That one that right. bothers me quite a bit, actually. The only thing I can think on that regard is sticking it there like it is just detracts a little bit from that. Hey, there's a car plugged into the chest. Yeah, that's fair. Like um, it, you know, you had the open doors; it fills the space, but you also have that on there to hide the lines a little bit. So, you know, it's 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 not so obvious that it's a otherwise completely unmodified car just 
embedded in the chest. Although, you know, brief subtopic, Blackjack is the greatest little Legends figure. I really, really like that. I really do like him, too. And uh, actually, uh, of, of all the things that endeared me to him, it was using him in the... Uh, in the app game uh, Battle Tactics, he's one of the, like the the first characters that you get. He may even be like on your default beginning team, and uh, well, I mean that's about as much fiction as we've gotten in, at this point with him. And so it's kind of endearing when you you use him as a character for many many hours to start that game. Um, okay, so let's get to the uh, to the meat uh, of the discussion. Combiner Wars Megatron. Um, you want to start XV since you this, this is what you want to talk about. So you uh, you lead me here. Um, let's dive into this big guy. You know, I think I think what, where we should start is what a lot of people are going to be talking about this the sticker sheet because mm-hmm. like some choices were made with this and not all of them good ones. No, it's not the most uh, well high end isn't what, what I would call the, uh, <laughs> the sticker sheet or, or nuanced perhaps. But yes, take it away. Okay, so, like, the basic form of the sticker sheet, you know, this is something that they were talking about as far back as BotCon, I think, last year, Mm -hmm. where, you know, uh, reflecting what's going on in the IDW comics, you can choose to make this Megatron an Autobot if you want to, to follow along with that. So, you know, there's um, Autobot and Decepticon logos, there's two each, one for each mode on the sticker sheet, and, you know, if those are outlined in white, that's fine, because, like, that's a normal look, and... Well, this is a side issue, too, but you need it to cover up the factory-applied logos that the toy has. But there's a side effect to having the opaque white backing around the stickers. It's got, there's the, the, the uh, swirled lines that reflect the original gun mode. And those are also on white backing, but the chest is all painted silver. So you can kind of imagine the problem this creates. Yeah. I mean, you uh, don't have to because you have this and you can see this for yourself. But, I mean, you know, you're putting these big white blocks with little swirly black lines over silver paint and it doesn't work. No, it's not the most attractive thing. That's for sure. Uh, and it's kind of a shame because it makes you not want to use the stickers. Yes, exactly. And, uh, of course, that defeats the point. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah I, I agree with you there. Um and the thing is, too, like I was saying, you know, there's factory tampographed on uh, faction logos on Megatron, you know, so you need the opaque stickers to cover those up, even though, you know, it's got the painted on Decepticon symbol, but you get Decepticon symbol stickers also. Yeah, it, it's a yeah, it, it's kind of uh, uh, which lane are we in? Like pick a lane here on these yeah, stickers. There, there, there's weird things going on with this development, I feel. I um. When it comes to stickers, though, uh, what are your feelings in general on having a sticker sheet for modern toys? Uh, Metroplex is obviously the most famous one in the last couple of years to have like a sticker sticker sheet that takes hours to apply. <laughs> what do you think uh, of them kind of reintroducing sticker sheets here and there? You know, with Metroplex, it makes sense to me because, for one thing, there's certain details they wanted to put on there that couldn't be realized just through paint. And for the other thing, a toy that big, to have the full extensive deco like that would raise its price considerably, having a big sticker sheet to finish it off is a compromise I think a lot of people can understand and kind of go along with. Um now, there's also like Whirl and Roadbuster last year that had the optional sticker sheets, and I like those in concept because none of the stuff on them specifically has to go on the toys. Like, the toys look 
deco complete as they are on the box. They're missing their faction logos, but I mean, I can kind of live with that if I don't want to put on any stickers at all. Um, I just, I have memories though of being like, you know, eight, nine years old when sticker sheets were still like a big deal, a big common thing. And I was always terrible at putting the stickers on well. And I kind of, it's not good memories. I kind of don't want to get back into that later in life either. It's kind of why I don't really do repro label stuff a lot. Yeah, I'm, uh, I do repro, le- uh, repro label stuff to some degree, basically because, um, I got a third party toy here or there. Don't tell uh, the government, but um, <laughs> that's really the extent of, when, of where I use them. I, I'll, I'll say the, the thing about stickers, especially in my adult collecting phase, is I'm obsessive and also terrible at applying the faction stickers on perfectly straight. So mm-hmm. I'm obsessive about that, but I've never executed it to my liking. They always look like one degree off, yeah. uh, which drives me nuts. So, uh, and that's especially a, pro- a problem with say. Um, say a masterpiece that comes with that that uh, faction uh, sticker that you have to apply so that that's a terrifying uh, terrifying thing for yeah, me like yeah and with the masterpiece it seems like it you know it'd be even worse because it's supposed to be as perfect as possible anyway and if you can't if you can't do it to your own satisfaction you, you know you're never going to be satisfied and if it's not on there you might never be satisfied either i mean that's that's that feels to me like a place where it really needs to be a factory applied thing where it's out of your hands yeah, I agree. I agree. So, uh, okay, so let's dive into the toy itself, uh, Combiner Wars Megatron. Actually, before we get like to to your impressions on having it now that it's in it, it's in our hands, mm-hmm. um, before it came out, when we had basically pictures and it's a little bit of information here and there, didn't have it physically in your hands. Did you have any kind of expectations before you got the toy? You know, I'm not really sure because the way this photographs, I mean, it's you're like flipping a coin whether you're going to get to look good or not in a photograph. It, it's a toy that really depends a lot on the angle you're looking at it to come out well. So, you know, I would see one or two pictures and wow, that looks great. And I'd see a couple more pictures and like, wait, what? So like, it's hard to really form a distinct opinion of it. Just looking at the pictures because it varies so wildly from one to the next. Yeah, he's got some funny angles that I think we'll probably get into as we kind of look at the two different modes. He definitely, there's some things about him now that I have him that are way better or or not as bad as I expected based on the photos. And then there's some other things that kind of jump out at me that um, weren't an issue or or weren't noticeable to me once. uh, But once I had him, um, they're kind of sticking points. But uh, okay, so where do you want to start? You want to start with tank or you want to start with the robot? Uh, we can talk about the tank mode. That probably won't take too long. Uh, yeah, probably not. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, so what do you think of his tank mode? That's kind of become a thing with Megatron almost uh, 50%, if not more so, of the time that his alt mode is now a tank. Yeah, well, you know, a tank is uh, rather a bit more practical than a handgun. Yeah, but it's not as fun. I'll tell you that. Well, I mean, there's always going to be a certain appeal to the old classics Megatron mold where, you know, it collapsed down to this nice solid gun that you could go and smack people in the head with and it would yes. just kind of hold together just fine. Yes. Um, but, I mean, I, didn't, I don't have a problem with tank mode Megatrons either. I, I've had some nice ones over the years, this included. This is a really nice tank mode. Um, it. I don't think it's probably the best tank mode. I kind of have a uh, – remember the, the – what they call it, the Ultimate Battle 2-pack, the first classics toys – yeah, where it was the little tank Megatron and the really action master elite ish Optimus. Um, 
I really have a I, I favor that tank mode. There's there's certain qualities about it, and like you know the turret turns on that the tank the cannon elevates, but this looks a lot more like you know a normal tank. And while the cannon can't elevate, it's got a, a good smooth motion for turning the turret around. Um, you know, one thing I'm not completely sold on is having the working treads. Oh, really? I I know that. Um... That's one kind of, I guess, that's one of those touches that I'm sure Hasbro would be proud of if you asked the design team that they pulled off uh, rubber working treads. Um, what about it doesn't quite fly with you? You know, uh, on a conceptual level, I agree. It's kind of impressive that they could make that work with the toy, but it's also working against the toy, which is something I'll talk about when we start uh, starting on the robot mode. But what I've been finding with this is that the treads don't really want to move when you're rolling the toy along. Like they'll they'll just like skid across the surface. They won't stick and turn the wheels within them. Um, yeah, that's true. That's true, and that's also I think uh, fairly common with the. Uh, with toy tanks with working treads they're they're not usually not the greatest uh, working mechanism you know the best treads on a transformer i can remember is armada scavenger because those just worked they gripped and they turned and you know the whole thing just kind of went together and did what it was supposed to and i'm not like holding this against that toy i'm not you know expecting it to be exactly like that you know it's just I love Armada Scavenger as a toy. It's a really cool toy. I understand kind of why it doesn't get a lot of respect in the fandom, but I've always really enjoyed it just for being a cool toy. And the at least as far as the tank treads go, it's just it's falling short of that like fun play factor that I've come to associate. You know, if you have working treads, you kind of want to roll along and have it all work the way it's supposed to. But it just you know, if it's just sliding around and nothing's moving, I it might as well just not be there. Just have them be hard sculpted on and have little wheels underneath that you can't really see. Yeah, yeah, I don't disagree, especially when you look at it from from like uh, play value, uh, mm -hmm. and kind of the, the experience of playing with it. A couple things for me on the tank. I, I do. It's fine. Uh, you know what I mean? It's a tank. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, and then also as like as an alt mode, I've come to I've definitely come to accept um Megatron is a tank. It's Megatron. -y. I mean, that, mm -hmm. that vehicle. It's like, sure, I get it. Leader of the bad guys. He's a tank. I get it. A um, yeah. couple of things, though, about this tank mode that uh, nitpicks, if anything. The back of the tank, it's a little funky. Um, the way that the back half of the treads clip together on what is Megatron's waist or a piece of his waist. Mm -hmm. um, a little funky. Uh, the, the upside to that is it looks visually it's a little uh, odd, but... Um, the upside to it is that this tank does, for the most part, clip together pretty snug. It does, and except for that, except for that one angle, it looks good, like structurally from the other sides. Yes, I agree with that. And then the other thing is, um, uh, I mean, it is what it is. But the way that the barrel uh, runs through the turret, mm -hmm. um, and it's very obviously running through the turret. The turret kind of looks split, so to speak, with this giant yeah. barrel running through the middle. That's something that uh, ideally you may not want uh, in your tank design. But um, the upside of that, I think we'll get to this when we get to the robot mode. The upside of that is this uh, arm cannon is about as um, movable or versatile in its positioning as anyone on any Megatron toy I can remember. Mm, yeah, pretty much, I would say. I mean, it can spin and flop around and be in almost any position. Um that you would want it to be or expect it to be. So I think that's cool. So, and part of that is uh, just the way they kind of fitted the barrel into the tank mode. So anything else on the tank mode for you? 
No, I mean that pretty much covers it. There's not there's not a whole lot to it, but for the most part, I think they did pretty well with this. I think they did pretty well. The I guess the other thing too is since since the tank mode is bathed in it, um, I do like the metallic silver paint that they chose. I think it's pretty handsome. Yeah, it 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 looks nice. It um, you know, I I kind of hate to use the word, but there I can't think of another way to describe it. it. Gives it you know kind of a premium look to it since it is like almost every square inch is covered in that paint coat. Yeah, people talk about the um, the Takara version, and I guess one of the things that it, it was in the copy about that toy, or at least people were kind of deriving from the pictures, was that it was in this really nice metallic, silver metallic paint. Mm-hmm. Well, so is this one. So Yeah, I mean, it's hard for me to imagine what Takara will be able to do with theirs to really make it stand out from this. Yeah, and, and even if they do, like if... if if theirs is a 10, this is like an eight and a half maybe or a nine. You know what I mean? Like on the scale of metallic paints. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't think there's much they could do to improve on it. And I think it'd be really easy for them to do something and actually like take away from what the Hasbro one already has going on. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, okay, so let's dive into the, uh, the robot mode. Mm-hmm. You know, prefacing that, the transformation's actually pretty smooth on this. And like where we are with, transformers design these days i wasn't expecting something massively complicated but it really just kind of comes together and runs easily without having to refer to instructions all you really need is a picture of either mode and you can figure out how to get from one point to the other i really appreciate that especially on a larger toy because a big fiddly toy is just not really that fun you know what i mean yeah i i absolutely know what you mean i think this is a this is a continued theme with effectively every combiner wars toy so far at least for me is that the um the level of complexity seems more or less just right uh, especially at these bigger sizes that um like in previous years the bigger the transformer the more exponentially difficult the <laughs> transformation seemed to be and mm-hmm. with combiner wars yes the larger ones have two or three maybe four more steps than the than the lower sizes, the lower levels, the smaller sizes, but um, they are in no way uh, non-intuitive. They're in no way um, frustrating. I think they feel. I think they feel just right. The the thing that I really do appreciate about about the Combiner Wars toys, all of them, Megatron included, um, you can look at the toy and you can figure it out in your head. There's no yeah. There's no cruel like design tricks in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I appreciate that. Like like you said. For every size, the complexity seems to be, you know, it seems it's like what you need it to be. It's it is just right at each size level you go to. So, you know, you're satisfied with the complexity of it, but you're not frustrated with having to spend like 15 or 20 minutes going from one mode to the other. Yeah, I totally agree. And and kind of uh, jumping off what you what you said, it's um, at each size, the transformation is what it needs to be and it's nothing more. So yeah. I, I think I think there there have been some toys in the past where there's clearly some um, some tricks and some some kind of you know sleight of hand that maybe impressed the design team internally, mm-hmm. but were unnecessary in a in a toy. Right. It completely exceeded the target audience in the past. Yes, absolutely. Uh, okay, so once you have navigated through that very pleasant. Uh, transformation experience you have uh, a pretty impressive i would say overall robot mode um 
Mm-hmm. So, uh, okay. So what are some of your thoughts on, on that? Boy, this is big, isn't it? Yes. The tank's really big too. Like that's something we didn't really cover at all, but like, you know, we're kind of used to the toys compressing down and the vehicle mode being a lot smaller than the robot. But no, this is, this was a big tank and it's a big robot to go along with it too. Um, I, I don't, I think it's one of the things you can't really be prepared for until you actually see it in person. Uh, I saw an Armada Megatron in store before I got this Megatron and I was kind of taken aback how tall it was in package. Yeah. Um, He's very, he's very impressive. I think, um, he and the Motormaster slash Optimus Mold really on the shelf like jump out at you at their their just massiveness. Yeah, they, they are surprisingly big for their price points. Um, and, you know, uh, I remember having that same experience when I put Superion together for the first time, too. For the, the toys that go into it, you are not prepared for how big it is. And, you know, I'm not going to complain if that ends up being a trend for Combiner Wars itself. Um so I, I have some I have some issues with how the robot came out, and the majority of that is due to having the working treads. So like you know the the knees do not bend very far because there's the wheel and the tread back there, so you only get a couple clicks on the ratchet. Um, you know I I don't know maybe if the if it wasn't working treads the leg could be structured a little bit different so the knee has more room to move. On the other hand the uh, armor around the waist is also kind of blocking the hips from going forward. So you, you don't really get a lot of space to move the legs in. Mm-hmm. And if you can't get like a certain basic amount, it almost feels like it shouldn't even be there to start with. Yeah. I see what you're saying because with the, with the working treads on the back, of the legs, the treads ride up basically right up into the back of his knees. So mm-hmm. that really does stop the movement. And, uh, uh, also with the treads, that's only half the treads. Only half the treads are on the back of his legs. The other half uh, are basically back kibble. So, what do you think of of that part? Is that uh, can you look past that or or yeah, what do you that think doesn't about really bug me because it, it kind of it compresses down into a tight enough backpack, and you know I can deal with like a big solid square on the back. Um, you know, you have the option of opening those pieces up and flipping them up where they sit above the shoulders. I don't really like that, but you know, for the Armada one, it's a good alternate transformation to try to catch a little bit more of that design's visual style. I don't really have any use for that variant of this anyway, but you know, keeping them folded up on the back and clipped together, they, they come out well enough and they're non-intrusive enough for me that I don't really, I don't have a problem with them that much. Now the, uh, the legs, when we were back at the, at the start of the year when we basically had pictures of it, the legs were kind of debated or discussed because from certain angles they look spindly and for other, from other angles they look fine. Uh, overall, what do you think about his, uh, about Megatron visually from the waist down? The proportions work a lot better in person. Like, we're used to the whole thing of, you know, Hasbro stock photography. They over-Photoshop. Sometimes they, like, delete parts of the toy, either intentionally or accidentally, to try to optimize the look of it. But the way it actually is built, you don't notice. A lot of people were citing, like, a hollowness in the treads because they cleaned out the background so you could see straight through it. And you don't really get that as much in person. Um, the outside surfaces of the legs, I thought it was a neat touch. They have like pistol grip kind of uh, shape and grooves cut into them to uh, mimic the original the, the original toys uh, 
leg design a little bit. Uh, so from the outside, they're really fully enclosed in, and on the inner surface of the leg, you can't really see in normal use enough. You can't see uh, the emptiness through the treads to have it make it look like um, there's nothing in there. It doesn't look like a lot of empty space like it did in those photos. So I think um, ultimately the way they designed this, it actually came out really well. Um you know, it captures the necessary shapes, and since it is a tank and there's a lot of space to work with, it can just go into a big box. They can, they made the proportions work just just right with the rest of the body. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it looks it looks way better in person when you've got basically shadows. Every, you know, when wherever you look at it, there's there's some shadow and and yeah. and, and, <clears throat> and again, like you said, not a perfect. There's no perfect white background in in the real world unless you're yeah. unless you're doing a photo shoot. The only thing that confuses me with the legs, the uh, gray pieces that are attached between the shin and the toe that slide when you transform the feet, mm-hmm. I cannot for the life of me figure out why those are there. Yeah, they don't have to be there. I know, Right, they don't do anything. Yeah, maybe it's just, uh, maybe that is one of those things where it is kind of like for aesthetics, like they wanted something. But again, the, like they don't have to, they don't have to be designed as they are, like as yeah. like, completely separate things that look like they're... Uh, it looks like they serve an important purpose in the uh, in the transformation. They actually really serve not, no purpose at all. Um, okay, so waist up, where most of the action's going on. Let's be honest. Like like from the waist up, he's very Megatroni, very very yeah. Megatroni. Um, okay, so where do you want? You want to start at the head sculpt, chest sculpt, fusion cannon? Uh, um, you? Well, let's let's let just start know. with the head. Um, so the head's one of the things that really kind of went either way in photos, not just stock photos, but like when people were first getting these and taking pictures, it really varies from the angle how you take this head sculpt. And there's a little of that in person, but like when you get natural room lighting on it and you're seeing it three-dimensionally, it it really the things that get accentuated in some of the photos and make it not look so good aren't really that much of a feature on the actual thing. Uh, like, you know, the space between the nose and the mouth looks kind of exaggerated in the photos, almost to a, um, almost to a ridiculous extent, depending on some of the photography, but uh, it really, it kind of squishes together in three dimensions. I know that probably doesn't really make sense to hear described, but the face really, it works a lot better when you're seeing it firsthand. Um, and, like they did a really good job getting the helmet shape. They got the uh, the weird triangle uh, forehead design uh, in there. You know, it's not like a perfect representation of the cartoon head sculpt, but it takes enough of that and expands on it a little bit. And it it is a really good Megatron head. I agree. I really like the. Uh, I really like the first of all the size of it. I think it, it hits mm-hmm. a really nice uh, scale with the rest of his body. And I do really like the uh, kind of the dimensional uh, effect that it has with the helmet and the inset face. Not all yeah. me- Megatron sculpts pull that off, the idea that he is wearing a helmet. Um, this mm. really does that. I really like the um, – I really like it at kind of a three-quarters angle uh, when you kind of look at it from from that aspect where you see a little bit of the inside. Like, again, a kind of you kind of get a, a little bit of shadow on his cheek and you kind of can see – a little bit inside the quote unquote helmets. Yeah. It really looks like, um, I think what they've always tried to go for from, 
back in G1 up until now. Uh, it's it's a really good head sculpt. I really like that um, it's got a lot more detail than maybe it had to have. So it's got a few, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, you, uh, they could have easily kind of gone overkill with the notches and the little um, extra gribbly bits and stuff kind of around the helmet. But I think they stopped at about the right level of detail on his head. Yeah, it's enough. It's enough to make it look interesting. You don't have a lot of flat, featureless panels, but it's not like you know, Pat Lee, right? <laughs> uh, and that is always a compliment. That should always be our low watermark. Um, I also like that it's got a complex neck joint too. You know, it's a combination swivel and a hinge with a good amount of range. It can only you know go up and down, but. Um, you know, it's a little bit more solid feeling than if it was just a large double ball joint to do that. And the neck looks more solid, too, because of it, because there actually is like a full cylinder in there. Yeah, it's very cool. It's a very, I mean, this is a very stout, a stout toy. I, it, for its size, it feels a little light, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. I, I don't mean that's like a complete, co- uh, um, like a negative against it because it's so, but I mean, it's big. Like we just talked yeah. about earlier in this discussion, it's big. You pick it up and, and you expect it to be maybe a little bit heavier than it is, but that's not a, that's not a necessarily a bad thing. When I'm looking at the uh, head though, um, uh, I see the accent color. That's really not anywhere except for in the upper chest, this kind of red orangey um, color. Uh, what do you think about that? Do you think they hit that pretty well? Yeah, I, I like the uh, I, I like the red color they're using as a secondary on here. Um, I'm not really getting an orange feel for from it, but um, it, it's strong enough to really set off the silver around it, and it really it's doing its job as an accent color because it's making you pay. It's making the silver pop while it's popping itself. Yeah, I like it too. I think, and I think it, I think they use just uh, just the right amount of it. This is maybe one of those uh, places where, in the final Takara one, like you said, they may uh, change for the sake of change. And if they got rid of a lot of that red, I think it would probably deter from the toy. I think it really helps. Yeah, I helps. think so too. Yeah, it really. Like helps I, define I would be it. afraid. I would be afraid they would change this red for like more silver or gray. Mm-hmm to try to uh, unify the color a little bit more. But in the process, they would make it look boring. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. So what about the uh, what about the chest? It, it, it sure is a Megatron chest. It is. And, like, you know, it's painted well. The, the little bit of detail there is on it, they've painted that in really nicely. It's very clean on mine. Um, I think what's really important about the chest though is underneath. Like if you open the panel and look at the internal structure, do you remember watching beast wars when Mm -hmm. that Megatron took this Megatron spark? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There was a certain shape door that held original Megatron spark in and that's molded in here. Very cool. Right. Very cool. That's that they need an unexpected attention to detail on that. Yes. That's one for the fans for sure. Mm -hmm. Uh, these fans, older fans, yes, podcasting us. fans, yes, <laughs> and people listening to a Transformers podcast. That's for us, exactly. Um, so okay, so um, now there's a. I think there's a lot of little nuanced things that are, are worth discussing with the arms themselves. I really like the. Uh, for some reason, I really like the way the forearms transform to reveal the the hands. I, I like the way those panels kind of worked out. Yeah, and that's kind of neat. It is neat, and then um, and then of course we know there's there's one arm. Uh, with the fusion cannon, so uh, uh, you want to talk about the arms, and then maybe the uh, the controversial uh, fusion <laughs> cannon. Um, 
So the shoulder joints. Oh yeah, let's do it. Yeah, those are uh, interesting. They are, and like I'm kind of half and half on these. Um, if you open the chest, you can see how it works in there. It's a, it's a component of the transformation, but with the the chest armor closed, you actually do still get some like forward and back motion at the base of the shoulder, which is kind of nice to have. It's one of those like advanced posability features you see on more expensive things, um, and. You know, that and the actual, like, soft ratcheting joint, or actually, no, that's spring back, that's a full ratchet. The, the the swivel joint forward and back, all that looks pretty good together. When you start moving it out, though, it's designed to have, like, a bunch of it slide out of the bicep. And you get a lot of range of motion on the arm that way, which I appreciate. It looks kind of weird. Yeah, it, it's definitely, um, you have to appreciate kind of like why it looks the way it looks, I guess. So it, that, now that is one place where the toy, um, design kind of, uh, uh, takes, uh, precedent over aesthetics. Um, um, now you handled fans project code. I know because I delivered one to you. Yes. A couple of years ago. Indeed, um, indeed. And you know how the shoulders are on that. And mm-hmm. if this didn't have that slide out part, this would be just the same if it even had an outward motion at all. Like, if that wasn't there, I think it would just be the swivel, the ratcheted swivel, and there would not be any raised to the side motion in this. Hmm, interesting. Because of, because of how blocky the upper arms are and, you know, actually working in that hinge joint. I, I think this is the only way that could actually happen uh, the way the toy is designed. Hmm, hmm. Interesting. I see that. I can, I can see that, looking mm-hmm. at it. So, uh, let's talk about... Let's talk about that fusion cannon. Um, as we all know, uh, unless you've been living under a rock, that it doesn't contract all the way. The, the telescopic nature of the uh, of the cannon for the tank um, it only goes so far. So you've got um, from one end of the fusion cannon, you've got oh, I would say a little maybe about an inch, maybe a little bit more than that of the extended uh, yeah. part of the tank turret sticking out. In robot mode. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So what do you think? Um, I think turn it backwards. So do I. <laughs> that's what I do. I think that's and what they're intending you to do. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, if you look, you know, it's got that big flared part at the back end where it's where the larger opening is. And it looks more like the classic fusion cannon. I've, I've seen a good theory floated on this that it's designed to work in either orientation because for the Armada one to be consistent with that toys cannon, you would need the smaller end at the front uh, with the missile launcher. Mm -hmm. And then for this Megatron, you can have it flip backward and have the bigger, more blunt uh, wide bore cannon. Like it, it works in either orientation just the same. Yeah. And, and I guess to even like add more fuel to that fire, the, the quote unquote back of the can or the side of the, the end that doesn't have the missile has yeah. some extra paint apps on it. Um, yeah. It's got some silver lining on it, which adds some visual interest. And if that was meant to be kind of like behind him up on his shoulder, that to me, that wouldn't make sense. Right. So it seems like they're trying to accent the part that they really want you kind of to put front and center. The other thing I really like about the fusion cannon is again, kind of as a function of the way it transforms in, in tank mode is that you can flip it uh, in a way that you have that elbow joint on that arm uh, functional again. Right. Which is a, a really 
nice thing on a Megatron to have two functional elbows. Oh, I agree. Um, and if you think back to Classics Megatron, um, the way that cannon was mounted to make the gun mode work, it ended up on the underside of the forearm. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of awkward to pose with. You you know, you had you were very limited in how you could pose with it and have it look right because you know having it underslung like that isn't correct. But if you have it where it's over top of the arm like you would expect it to be, the fist is upside down noticeably. And this is designed where, you know, it can point forward and everything's oriented still the way that you expect it should be. Um, the other thing, too, is you can flip that uh, gauntlet panel down. You can flip it over the fist and actually flip the cannon more out if you want a little bit more out of the way. Mm, that's uh, cool. you, you lose a little bit of the fist that way, but if you turn the hand before you flip the panel down, it all kind of evens out. You still have access to the, the fist hole if you need it. Yeah, I uh, I never thought about that. That's pretty cool. Uh, the last thing that I, uh, that I can think of when I look at him is he does have a handgun, to, uh, really two, I guess, or he, he has a rifle that splits into two guns. It's a nice bonus. It looks good on tank mode. Um, and I guess if you want to give him a, a, a handgun, if he wants to go into overkill or a rifle, you can yeah, load him with, up. With the, with the small arms, it just makes me wish the cannon could come off. Hmm. Because if he's got the fusion cannon mounted, it seems, you know, a little silly to be carrying the small gun in the same hand. Yeah. I mean, unless he's gone completely, you know, crazy. <laughs> like, like he wants he definitely like, he wants to hit home the uh, firepower rank of 10. Does he have that? Uh, I, I, he better have that, like 10 on his firepower or fire blast. Sorry. It's uh, when did they change firepower to fire blast? I can't remember. 2000. Uh, of course, you know that. That's pretty awesome. I know uh, the first toy Fire Blast appeared on. Oh, my God. Okay. Uh, please educate us. Blast Punch Optimus Primal. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Cool. Um, so, uh, to wrap up Megatron, is there any other uh, final thoughts, XV, or anything that we didn't hit on that you want to speak to? Okay. So, like, you know... They did this as Armada Megatron with just the head changed on it, but we know from other stuff in Combiner Wars, they could probably do a whole lot more than that. Mm-hmm. And I'm just trying to think, what could this end up being in its next iteration that's not a Megatron? Uh, well, I mean, the obvious choices, you're right, are other Megatrons like G2 Megatron or Hero Megatron. So something that isn't Megatron... Um is a challenge and it would have to be somebody who has um, or would have need for a large weapon, which would be the mm-hmm. fusion cannon. The thing about that is uh, I assume that you may have some theories on this, but I'm kind of talking it through in my head for the first time. Um, mm-hmm. Here's the trick with combiner wars. We've seen what they can do with silver bolt, turning him into Cyclonus. Yeah. And we know they're not afraid to effectively change an entire toy, but I guess the frame or the chassis, if you will, stays mm-hmm. the same, but 90%, 80% of the toy is completely different. So what they could do with this mold, uh, with this frame, um, is probably almost like unlimited or, or far beyond what we would assume they could do. It's not just paint anymore. Right. Um, do you have any thoughts? Well, you know, they've been teasing for a few years that like they're very aware Overlord is a character the fans have an interest in. Mm-hmm. And, you know, half of Overlord is a pretty big tank. So all they would really need to do is throw some blue on here, put a different chest on, maybe change the cannon design out and, you know, give it the appropriate head. And you could get a good overlord out of this, like a single piece overlord. 
Yeah, I could see that. He's also definitely big enough to be. Yeah, an exactly. Uh, what do you think about the scale of? Uh, we've talked about it in positives. Um, are you good with it? Is it? Is it just a across the board like positive that he's as big as he is? What do you think of just his size? You know, I don't really need Megatron to be this big. If you think back to like Universe Ultras, that's that is more like my cutoff for normal Transformer height. So, like, you know, something like a combiner, yeah, that makes sense for that to be really big, or like an Omega Supreme or something, be a lot bigger. Um, you know, with other toys, this Megatron does almost feel like it's a little bit too big. It kind of outclasses the other stuff around it. But, like we were just saying, if this has, like, a future some way as Overlord, or something on an equivalent uh, something equivalent to that, um, you know. That's another point where this height would be. Uh, it feel a lot more appropriate because that is traditionally a really big portrayed character. Yeah, I agree. I I, uh, I think um, I think there's a future in, in this mold. Certainly, as something maybe completely unexpected. I hope uh, so. I li- I like when they can actually like come up with something that surprises us because you know I don't mean this as a conceit, but we're pretty well-educated fans in general. Mm-hmm. And if they can come up with something that kind of like, why didn't I think of that? That is like one of the coolest moments in any of this. No, I agree. We're, I mean, not only are we, you know, kind of educated fans, we've, we've been through this. We've been on this rodeo so long. I think we, right. we have this internal list of characters where we know, Oh, this guy turns into that guy pretty easily. Or we could even kind of like assume, surprises uh to some degree so so if they they go to the third or fourth level like some real deep tracks to pull something out i think that'd be really cool to yeah. see uh I, you know another thing could be you never know like like um if they turn megatron or any of these other guys into more or less idw exclusive characters or characters we've come to know through the idw universe that's always an interesting kind of curveball mm-hmm. they could throw it is. I agree. Although I don't really see a leader class rung coming out of this. No, perhaps not rung. <laughs> perhaps somebody else. Perhaps uh, DJD or something like that. Who knows? But uh, but you know what? If they did uh, the if they did that group, you think they'd be compelled to do five of them? And I have no idea how they could. Well, find five. okay. Keep in mind though, the uh, DJD isn't all the same size. True. Yeah. No, and, and they they would look really cool as a set. Like once yeah. you like put it together. No, and I mean it's true. It's true. And I mean saying it that way, I could see you know put the Septicon mask head on there and uh, give it a double cannon on the arm, and you could get a tarn out of this easily. Yeah, you could, uh, and I'm sure it would look uh, pretty sweet. I think uh, it would because it'd be you know all black and purple, and I think that would actually suit this mold pretty well. You know the other that's thing a, that's a very good idea. The other thing about that too is and. Uh, Hasbro, if you're listening, I, I'm just saying that this, this is this, you already own this idea, so you're not stealing it from us. Um, it would create like a lot of buzz for the next four because everybody would yeah. assume those are coming at some point, so they would have a lot of buzz uh, for a long time yeah. on that. Okay, so XV, anything else on uh, Combiner Wars Megatron? Do you give it overall thumbs up, thumbs down? Where your what's your rating I'm, on this? Guy? I'm positive on it overall. You know, there, there's a few little niggling complaints, but. At, on the whole, it's really they did really well with this more than I expected. Looking at it initially, I agree. I, I like him. I, I, think, I, I think I just wish that sticker sheet had been realized better. Yeah, I, I wish that. Um, well, I think I think the one frustrating thing about that is, as uh, like you said, I see why certain things are the way they are in that sticker sheet. I, I would have said I would have I probably would have said like you know if if it's got to be this way, let's not 
put as many stickers on the sheet or, or let's keep it like a pure idea. So like if there was, um, if it was all about changing his faction, if the sticker sheet was basically just Autobot symbols and then mm-hmm. maybe a little like backstory on that sheet about like why, why this is a thing, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, like maybe a kid doesn't read the comics or, or right. they, they come to, they've become to know Megatron is only a, a Decepticon. Why, why does he have these uh, symbols in there? Well, if there was a little like story about like why this is a thing and it's just the Autobot symbols, maybe that makes a cooler impression on somebody who has no exposure to Megatron as an Autobot. I just feel like there's gotta be a weird like design side story with this. Like, you know, the sticker sheet was designed with the idea, okay, the toy's not going to have any tampograph faction symbol. You just decide that after the fact, mm-hmm. in which case, you know, this could have been, like, clear back, maybe. And then somebody in the deco department didn't get the memo, and the toy came out with the tampograph symbols, and they had to kind of scramble and make what little change they could to the sticker sheet before it went to print. And we ended up with this kind of not working out quite as intended. Yeah, I could buy that. I could buy that. I think... Uh... I think there's going to be more than one botcon question about this yeah. sticker sheet specifically. <laughs> so, so hey, XV, I want to thank you for coming onto the minicast and uh, basically doing this uh, this super uh, duper deep audio toy review. This was fun. Yeah, it was. I had a good time. Thank you for having me. And thank you. Let's do it again. And I want to thank everybody else for listening to the RFC minicast. I want to remind everybody before we go that this show and every RFC show is sponsored by you. If you go to the tfradio.net website, click on the Amazon link, do your Amazon shopping just as you normally would. You don't have to buy anything extra or anything special, but if you click that link on tfradio.net and do your Amazon shopping uh, afterwards, uh, once you complete your order, a few nickels and dimes go to Brian Kilby to keep the lights on, and we all appreciate that. So for XV, this is John, and uh, we will see you on the next RFC Minicast. 